welcome to the Small Business Buzz. I'm your host, attorney and entrepreneur, Kimberly Hanley. Today, I'm talking about how a handshake can kill your business and what protections you're missing out on when you rely on those gentlemen's agreements. And we have Rachel Leslie, owner of Rachel Leslie Organizing and certified feng shui master here to talk with us about applying feng shui principles in your business and some simple things you can do to make a path for success. Welcome. We're glad you're here. All right, let's get to it. Sometimes as small business owners, let's face it, we fly by the seat of our pants. And part of that is doing deals on the fly. And it can be really exciting, whether that's with new vendors or new clients or sometimes even new business partners. And that feeling of new possibility and yes, it's going to be great, that can be a really huge rush. And at the same time, it can be time consuming to document agreements and lawyers can be expensive and negotiating terms can really be a buzzkill. Frankly, it can be a pain in the keister. I know this, you know this, we all know this. And that's why many small business owners are okay with doing deals on a handshake. At the time, Your emotions are positive, right? Or you wouldn't be doing the deal. And it seems like you're all on the same page. It seems like you have agreement about all these different things. So how could it go wrong? Well, really, it can go wrong in two ways. The first is maybe more obvious and probably what you're already thinking about. And that is when you do the deal and you're and you think your expectations and their expectations are aligned, but they're not. And then someone does something that lets the other person down, and then there's a conflict. And of course, you have nothing but he said, she said, when it comes to figuring out what the details of the deal really were, and it's a mess. People expect that. That's so common. The second way is a little less obvious and maybe something you didn't think about. And that is this. When you're just talking and you're thinking about doing a deal, but you don't think what you're talking about is binding, or you don't think it's fully settled, or you think it's a growing, evolving thing, and then bam, something happens. And the next thing you know, you're in the middle of a situation where you're held to legal obligations that you didn't intend. And you don't have anything to back you up, evidence-wise, that it shouldn't be a legally binding contract. Because really, except for a very limited handful of exceptions under what's called the statute of frauds, oral agreements are legally binding contracts just as much as written ones. So you can be on the hook when you didn't expect to be on the hook. And that can put you in a really tough spot. When you have those oral agreements, you also lose out on the opportunity to put in some protections that you might not think about, like ways that you may resolve the conflict outside of the courtroom 
either with mediation or binding arbitration or some combination of both. What law is going to apply if you have a conflict? Especially if you and the person you're doing the deal with are from two different states and where the conflict will be handled. I'm guessing that you'd rather the conflict be handled where you're doing business and not in some other state. In the United States, the general rule is that each party pays for their own legal fees. With, of course, some statutory exceptions that don't apply in, in the case that we're talking about here, unless you have provided for attorney's fees in your contract. So you have to have a written agreement if you want to say that the person who wins the conflict is responsible for covering the attorney's fees. And of course, getting all the details down on paper, like what exactly are you supposed to deliver, whether that's a service or a product, and what are the payment terms, and when is all this supposed to take place, and what happens if somebody doesn't perform like they're supposed to, all those details create the expectations of the parties. And it's hard to know if you really are on the same page if you haven't exchanged those details in a really concrete way. So it's important when you're doing a deal to say, this sounds great. We just need to get this memorialized in writing. Of course, if someone wants to do business with you and they don't want to get the terms down in writing, you should probably wonder why that might be. And you might want to think twice about doing business with them. All right, now you may be thinking twice about doing deals on a handshake, but you may still not want to go to a lawyer for each and every deal you do. So next week, I'm talking about how you can document your simpler business agreements yourself without a lawyer, believe it or not, and what you need to include in those agreements when you do. So you'll want to come back next week for that. If you'd like to know more about today's topic, though, be sure to go and read today's blog post. The link is on my show notes, or you can find it on my website at khanlonlaw.com. That's K-H-A-N-L-O-N-L-A-W.com. And while you're at it, you can sign up for my bi-weekly business newsletter, either on the smallbusinessbuzz.com or on khanlonlaw.com. Each week, I have articles that will help you run your business, and sometimes I have bonus materials for you to download for free. And in the upcoming newsletter, I have a guide on documenting business agreements that you can download. Okay, next up is my interview with Rachel Leslie. Life of an entrepreneur is a never-ending struggle to sharpen that competitive edge that will place your business ahead of the competition. Fortunately, the shape of the average workplace has changed. Finding that fine balance struck between cost efficiency and excellence is now easier than ever. We need help when we need help, but we don't need to be burdened with full-time staff. That's where Astute Business Concierge can help you. Astute Business Concierge. More than just smart, astute. Visit us on the web at astutebusinessconcierge.com to see how we could help you. So thanks for joining me today, Rachel. Thanks for having me, Kimberly. It's great to be here.
So Rachel Leslie is a certified feng shui master, and she does organizing and feng shui for business owners. So Rachel, why for the people who don't really know that much about feng shui, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is? Sure. In in the simplest terms, it's a form of interior design, and it's based on the beautiful art of Chinese placement. It's really all about energy and correcting the flow of energy in your home and especially in your workplace. It's a great way to look at your space and get a new perspective on how you're arranging things for optimal positivity and effect effectiveness in your life and in your work. From my understanding, there's a certain aspect of it that goes beyond the physical, though. Is that is that accurate? Yes, it's all about intention. So that's the, there's a lot of metaphysics to it, and um, it's based on a Tibetan philosophy of several blends of archaeology, science, metaphysics, and psychology. All all those things are blended together, and how it really works is you know when you're placing an object, you're being very mindful and intentional and having the object hold an intention for you is, is part of how it works. You're setting out an intention to, to the universe around you. I suppose the more that you get clear about what it is that you want, you're more on task for getting it. And it's, and I would think that this would be one of the ways to get yourself on task with what it is that you want, but also have your space be, I suppose, aligned and everything else in your life aligned with what it is that you want. Right. That's that's the biggest piece. When you're working in your office and you're setting intentions, you want to have a clear mind. And so we always say in feng shui practitioners, um, we advise our clients to make adjustments only when they're feeling energetic and up for the task at hand. So we say if you're lonely, angry, or tired, that you should wait and make the changes in your space until you've got energy and you've got a clear mind about, you know, setting up your space and, and thinking about what you really want. That's really great advice. So what, what sort of things do you do for business owners? Well, business owners tend to hire me for looking at their space um, for rearrangement purposes, like where are they placing their desk? What are they hanging on their walls? What kind of things to have in their space that, that make them feel good is one of the other concepts of feng shui besides intention being critical to setting up your space. The other thing you want to think about is that everything has energy. And I'll work with business owners who may have certain memories or certain feelings attached to plaques on the wall. They may have things that make them feel really good, and there may be things that make them feel really, you know, not so good. They have an energy of something from the past where, you know, that's not part of their business anymore, or they had somebody that worked with them that um, reminded them of something that didn't quite go well. And those are the kind of things that you want to be aware of is what, how do the things around you make you feel? And are they, you know, of service to you and in your life right now? Um, are they helpful and useful to have around? I'm guessing that sometimes miracles or what seem miraculous, like arises after you do that work. I mean, just the 
the ability to take out whatever was holding you back or was in your way, take that out of the space. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the things that could happen would just be amazing. Right. Well, if you're, if you're thinking about, I mean, everybody's had an opportunity to organize a closet or a drawer or a filing cabinet. And if you're thinking about maybe you've cleared a bunch of space in the closet and later down the road, maybe a day or a week, um, something else has opened up for you where you, maybe you've got a new person in your life that starts to come over and, um, you know, maybe you have a new relationship and they actually have room in the closet to hang their coat. And before you didn't necessarily have room for anyone in your closet, but the, the metaphor here is that there may not have been room for anybody in your life either. And so when you're clearing your physical space, it also affects you in other aspects of your life. So they all really go hand in hand. It's a, it's a mind, body, spirit thing. So there's a lot of, you know, letting something go and surrendering your intention and just letting it go and and then allowing it to happen. That's when, you know, you set something free and it comes back to you, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And I and I think maybe not in such a, a formal way, but I've, I've seen that sort of thing play out in my life before. Right. I think we all have. And um, for me you know, and the kind of work I do, I do see miracles happen. And I know that it has a lot to do with that kind of work that, that we're doing for people. When when people clean out their office, um, and I've experienced this myself, where when I was, you know, in my training, and I do continue to take feng shui classes and different things to keep my credentials up as well. And so I was in a class about money and spirituality. And so one of our task for my instructor was to, you know, get into our office and just start decluttering, you know, the little places that you don't spend a lot of time looking, like drawers, the shelves on your filing cabinets, and um, and, in, and in your file system. And just kind of letting go of some things or really taking a look at what's in there. And, you know, after I did that exercise... You know, I had a couple people that owed me money, sent me my checks, and I got them in the mail. I found gift cards. I found some money, you know, that was just in the drawer. So, I don't know, it was really fun. And there were at least three or four things that happened where money was coming in the door that I wasn't expecting. So, that was a fun thing that can happen to really anyone if you just open yourself up to it and have that intention. And, And really not expecting anything, but yet... Things show up and I'm like, oh my gosh, this, this is all correlated to the work I did in my office and being really intentional about it. That's really great. You know what? I need to do that with this one specific drawer. Mm-hmm. That is the drawer that when I have, like, let's say I'm having somebody in my office and, but I normally have a certain amount of stuff, not a ton, but a certain mm-hmm. amount of stuff just yeah. laying about on, on the, the surface of my desk. But of course, when I have, Somebody come in for a meeting, I like to have my, my space be more or less, 
you know, as tidy and pristine as possible. So I take whatever's on my desktop and I just like, oh, shove it in the drawer. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then when I go to open the drawer again, I may or may not get everything taken out of it. And so I do have like a good, I don't know, a certain amount of accumulation of uh, right. stuff. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. wow, you know, I, I'll take that on. And, and I like that idea of, okay, you, you get that organized and you cleared out. And at the same time, Whatever was, yeah. Well, well I don't know what I'm trying to it's say. It's like, <laughs> I call, I have, I, I write, you know, on my website, it's rachellesley.com. I do have blogs and I write blogs about, um, I have one about how sweeping is therapeutic because it's about the old, out with the old and with the new, you've heard that. Mm-hmm. So even sweeping, you know, sweeping is a, something that all our ancestors have done, but they did it for a reason because they're, they're letting go of, the old or the negative, and then they're allowing some new opportunity or blessing to come to them. And so that's really what we're doing here, whether it's a drawer or a filing cabinet or even, you know, even your work bag, you know, that you bring back and forth to work every day. You you can notice how sometimes that gets really heavy or overloaded. And um, you'd be surprised that there's, there could be money or gold hanging in there because there may be a phone number for your next client waiting for you to call them back and you had meant to and forgotten and by organizing your bag and going through it and just clearing it out, you've then found a really good hot lead that you can get back to. And um, It happens to me all the time where I go to a networking event and then I meet somebody and I take their card and I put it and it's in my handbag, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't always remember when I get back to the office. Right. To take that, you know, that card or those cards out. Right. And then I switch handbags at some point. And yes. I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to connect with this person. And more than once, I have followed up and made the connection later. And it's just been so valuable. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, yep. I get that. Yeah. How long have you been doing um, this feng shui work? Um, I started practicing in 2008. So you've been doing feng shui as long as I've been an attorney. Well, I guess I have, yeah. Only yeah. what you do is maybe more fun, but or maybe <laughs> not. I don't know. We both get to help people, and that's awesome. We do, and it really works out great when they take our advice, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, we, we can consult with people and give them the tools and the advice, and it only works if they implement it. Yeah. Okay, so Rachel, let's take a quick break. Okay, great.
Okay, thanks. We're back. Awesome. My life purpose statement is about connecting people to what's important to them. And that's really my job at, you know, a feng shui consultation or if I'm working to organize somebody in an organizing session. It's all about, you know, the bigger picture of what they really want for their life. You know, I have a, a married couple that I work with to organize their home that they've lived in for 33 years. And the bigger picture for them is really a, a twofold. There's two reasons I go to their house. And one is that, you know, if something were to happen to them, they don't want to leave their three children with a house full of items to go through and have to deal with and not know what to do with. So they're, they're minimizing, they're decluttering and they're thinking about, well, what, what do we have in here that would belong to the kids and they could take and use in their own homes or memorabilia that they'd like to have or else, you know, there's things here we just don't use so we can pass them on to someone who's really in need of this stuff and bless their life and bless their home. And then the bigger picture for them is they want to move and retire to the lake someday. So when they think about going there, all the things that are in their house they've lived in for 33 years are not going to fit in the lake home. And they maybe don't want them because they're not going to serve them in the new lifestyle they have as retirees. So that's really their goal is we're going to the lake. And in order to do that, we have to do our due diligence with clearing a path to get us there. So there's a purpose for them to go through all the collection of hammers that they might have in the tool shed and whatnot and and take what is really going to be valuable and useful. I suppose, too, it gives them an opportunity to start looking at what do we want our life to look like when we move and start creating the picture of that right now. Right. Instead of just, well, let's see how it goes. And yes. Whatever unfolds, unfolds. Right. And I've had, you know, business clients that I've worked with where they have, you know, there's a box of files that are old leads or, or past clients in there, and they call them the dead files. And so I'll say, well, gosh, you know, when you think about those words, do you really want a box of dead files taking up space in your office, but let alone you know, kind of always being there as a reminder of like, oh, well, I got to go through that box of you know, maybe dead leads. I mean, and so I've had people, you know, really think about that. And, and I've asked, are you open to letting that go and starting fresh and allowing new people to be attracted to you and you, what you have to offer in your business now? And they're like, well, I guess I would be open to that. And they feel, some feel a little uneasy about it and they may not do that. And others are like, you know, I think that's a great refreshing idea. And they do it, and guess what happens? New people do come their way because they're focusing their energy on, you know, the kind of people they really want to work with and they really want to help. I love that. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's four principles of feng shui. Two of them I talked about already. One was intention is key. The second one is that everything's energy, so it's holding a certain energy around you. And then the third one is your space reflects your life. So in that example, that's, that's a, you know, having those files sit around is a definite reflection on what may be playing out or happening in your work. So if my space reflects my life, then I would say my life is colorful and artful, yet tidy and intentional. Yeah. 
And I'm sitting here in your office now, and it's very bright and alive, I would say, and inviting. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. So do you want to know the fourth principle while yes. we're talking about that? I do. Okay. The fourth principle is that nature is your guide. So what that really means is that it's a gradual process, whether you're, you've got a lot of clutter to clear out or a little, it's still a gradual process. So be patient, be kind to yourself. And remember that, you know, when we're in springtime and we're really ready for summer to come, it takes its sweet old time coming. Um, Lao Tzu is a philosopher, and his one of my favorite quotes of his is that nature doesn't hurry, yet everything is accomplished. And so, you know, that's one of the biggest tips I can give anyone is that this feng shui isn't fast food. You know, most things in life aren't fast food. You know, if you think about your first date, you're not going to get married on the second date. Most of the not. time. Most of <laughs> the time. <laughs> so it's kind of like keeping that in mind is really crucial. And um, if you like, I also have a couple tips I could offer. Hit us, baby. Okay. <laughs> so if you are if you are looking for fast ways to feng shui, I've got the perfect tip for you. It's um, setting a timer for nine minutes. You can do this once a day or twice a day or even once a week but you'll set it for nine minutes because that's that's what we do in the feng shui world nine is a a really high activity number and it it causes momentum so if you spend nine minutes you know it could be going through one that creepy drawer that you've shoved everything in or a bag or a box that's sitting on the floor or just a pile on your filing cabinet you can take nine minutes and do that for nine days in a row or however long it takes you to get through it, and then it'll give you momentum in short periods of time. And that's one of my favorite ways to feng shui quickly. I haven't, I'm going to have to do that, and I'm going to have to like get the timer and set it. Right. Every now and then what I do is, I, I just I have a harder time sort of focusing when I have a lot of chaos around, and that's probably yes. one of the, the reasons why I like to keep such a, a tidy environment right um but when i when i do have like too many papers around and mm -hmm. it's just it, i can't i can hardly deal with it if i have too much around and so i'll I'll just stop what i'm doing and i and i will i'll take maybe five or ten minutes or whatever and just be like okay i have to get this space handled right and then when i get it handled then i it's just it's like my protect productivity i don't know like triples or quadruples and i don't know if that empirically is that so or not i don't know it's not like i've timed myself but it feels that way for me it feels like once mm -hmm. i do something to get my space back under control that um i don't know just other things open up and i'm at ease and, and you can focus and i can focus and it works and i get in the zone and i'm in the flow and you're productive yes yes and there's nothing i like more than being like in the flow and productive right and that's what we all want and there's, you know, there's a direct correlation with your horizontal surfaces, especially your desk and your, the tops of your filing cabinets or shelves. And so clearing those surfaces is directly correlated with your creativity and clarity. So there's a reason that once you straighten those surfaces out and clear them, that you're able to have a clear mind. Oh, that is so interesting. Because yeah. I've just forever, forever, I just, I cannot... 
I cannot stand to have a bunch of clutter around like in my in my living room instead of having you know there's people who have like knickknackiness yes. on end tables and the coffee table and every table and every you know right um and there's nothing wrong with that i mean don't get me wrong i just but i have a very low tolerance for knickknackiness and mm-hmm. but you're right that like creativity and clarity are really important to me in my life and in how right. i operate yep well you may have seen the computer that has a lot of post-it notes all over it or you know, just papers everywhere, and and those people can can be very scattered and very hard to keep on ta- on task. I mean, and not always. Some people manage to be okay with that, but most of the time, you know, having that many messages that coming at you is very disruptive in your your flow and your productivity. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, people, I suppose, need to be in in a space of acceptance as far as how they work. Totally. Yep. Well, and another great tip for, you know, if you do want to quickly clean up your office, instead of putting things crammed in a drawer, you could get a, a nice decorative box where, you know, eight and a half by 11 paper will fit in or, or even legal size paper. So you have like a, you have a limitation and you have something that looks cute and decorative. And so, and that sets a boundary for you of like, well, once this is full, then I really, I have to go through it and put these things away, you know. So that's another, um, good tip that I could give somebody if, if people are stowing things away. Yeah, quickly. and they have so many of those cute things out now. Like oh, even they at do. like Target and even yes. like Office Depot. I mean, has right. cute stuff. And Michaels, they have cute things. You know, boxes. They have boxes and baskets galore. And Tuesday morning, that's an yes. awesome place. That's an awesome place too. Yep. Not yes. that we mean to be. <laughs> we're, I mean, we're yeah, we're these are just some of our favorite places yeah. we've shopped. For sure. Yep. The yeah. small business buzz. That's All right. the great places to shop. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, Rachel, how can people reach out to you? People can reach out to me a couple ways. They can visit my website at rachellesley.com. And I'm going to go ahead and spell that for you because I have a unique spelling of my last name. Yeah, please do. So you just go to my website. It's R-A-C-H-E-L. And my last name is L O. E-S-L-I-E. It's rachellesley.com. And you can contact me there through my website. I have a contact sheet where you can sign up. I do offer um, a free 27-minute discovery session for anyone inquiring more about feng shui or organizing and how that looks. Um, And then I have lots of great blogs. So if that's something you want to learn more about, I have blogs on giving your uh, front door a facelift. Um, front doors are very important for offices and homes. Also, if you have a lot of papers in your office, I have a blog about paper problems. If you've got 99 problems and paper's one of them, then you'll definitely want to go to that blog and read about ways to eliminate paper coming in the door. And um, I've got some great websites you can go to to do that. And you can call me. I'm, I'm going to rattle my number off. It's 612-232-8736. And we'll put your information up on our show notes, too. Great. So Thank you. Um, yeah, you're welcome. So yeah. we'll make it easy for people to find you. Super. Well, thank you so much for being here, Rachel. Thanks, Kimberly, and stay in the flow. I will. Thanks. Thanks.
Join us next week for the Small Business Buzz when I talk about a simple way that you can document your business agreements, even without an attorney, and what you need to include in those agreements. We'll also visit with patent attorney Jennifer Knezny with Wingspan Law about intellectual property for small businesses and what you need to know as a startup and what you need to know as your business matures. If you're in the Twin Cities area, come by and see me. I'll be a featured speaker at the Lake Homan Cabin Show at the Minneapolis Convention Center on February 6th, 7th, and 8th. I'm talking about the top 10 things that you can do to keep your family from fighting over the cabin. My talks are at 3 p.m. on Friday, 11 a.m. on Saturday, or 2 p.m. on Sunday. Stop by. I'd love to meet you. In episode one of the Small Business Buzz, Digby Willard gave the website address for his forthcoming website, digbywillardmarketing.com. His site is now live, and you can sign up for his outstanding marketing newsletter there. Speaking of which, you can find links and other useful information on our show notes at thesmallbusinessbuzz.com. And be sure to follow us on iTunes or Stitcher. If you're liking what you're hearing, please give us a good rating and maybe even leave a review too. Of course, a lawyer would have a disclaimer. And here's mine. Any information provided on the show is for informational purposes only and is not intended as legal advice. The show theme music is Pioneers by Jason Shaw, released under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. And the music interlude is Rollin' at Five by Kevin McLeod, released under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week.